Hi everyone, I'm Caitlin Isaacson and I'm here with composer Gareth Coker to talk a little bit about some of his latest projects. Hey, how's it going? Hi Caitlin, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. Um, so congratulations on the announcement for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Super exciting. Uh, so yeah, you were, you were up there playing piano in front of everybody. I kind of wanted to ask how that was, what your preparation was like. Do you do a lot of live performing? Was it something new? This is probably my first live performance for like 10 or 11 years. Oh, really? So, you know, most, most composers are handing off their music to be performed by professionals, to be performed by someone else. Uh, so uh, when this came about, I was like, well, okay, I haven't done this for a while, but it's what Microsoft wants, so that's what I'm gonna do. Um, we looked at various treatments, like whether to do piano only, piano and voice, piano and orchestra, um, but because of the nature of what we were showing, we wanted to make sure people's attention were in, was entirely focused on the video as opposed to the live performance aspect. And piano is the kind of thing that you can introduce and then have it blend away into the background mm. quite easily afterwards. I think if we'd done anything more than that, uh, it would have taken away from like the video that we were showing. Um, there'll probably be a time and a place in the future to like go bigger, but I think this was like the perfect uh, reintroduction to, to, to the world of Ori. Yeah. So Microsoft was, they, they came up with this idea. It was all their idea. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, it was, the idea was started by Aaron Greenberg, who's the head of marketing at Microsoft. Um, and basically, once he decides something, it's, it's going to happen. Um, yeah, we started preparing for that about six weeks before the show. Um, and then other, other than that, it was, it was pretty straightforward. We just had, a, I just had a click track in my ear. Um, and uh, we made sure it was all synced to video. We had five rehearsals and all of them went perfectly. So any performance anxiety there was from having not done anything in public for 11 years was removed by the, uh, was removed by the rehearsals. Okay, yeah, five rehearsals um, is pretty good. So, um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I think the only time I was like even remotely nervous was when I was rotated onto stage. So when the way it was set up is I didn't have to walk on. I just sat at the piano and then the stage rotates to, mm. to like get me in view. And it was at that moment that like everyone, everyone comes into view and you start seeing people's faces and it's like, oh my God, okay, here we go. Wow. Um, and Phil Spencer had told me that there were like 10 million people watching the stream. So it's like, it's a bit, bit of a difference. Mm. Um, bit of a difference from anything I've done before. Uh, but it all went great, so. And from the reception I've seen online this week, uh, uh, it was very well received, so. Mm, definitely. Awesome. Do you think you're going to be doing any more live performing in the future? Have you, like, caught the live performing um, As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, I'm more than happy to do it, for sure. Um, it's really, for me, the situation's got to got to justify it. I'm, mm. not, I'm probably not going to do a live performance for live performance sake unless we decide to do, for example, an Ori concert series or have it be part of, a, uh, be part of another show. Um, like... If we're doing it in like uh, an event like E3 or the Game Awards or anything, like it probably would have to be combined with like a with a with a video or something or something like that. Um, otherwise, it'll be uh, otherwise it'll just be a, a concert. Um, but as far as live performing, yeah, I'll, I'll do it again. Uh, but uh, I, I would still say I prefer hearing true professional performers uh, play play and perform my work. Um, rather than myself. That said, I 
guess I can understand why it might be cool for people to see the person who created the work perform it, um, mm. or at least be a part of the performance. So I think it's probably important that the composer is a part of the performance in some way. Yeah. Maybe if we do something really epic, I'll just bang a taiko drum in the background or yeah, something. Why not? That would be fun. Or conduct, maybe? Have you done any of that? I've done conducting before. Um, but my thing with conducting is I actually feel... I feel like uh, one other composer feels this way too, is that it's kind of a barrier between the audience and the players. Mm. Um, and I think that several scores don't actually need the conductor, especially if you've got a click track. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. kind of can get away with that. Um, and I, I went to the Hans Zimmer live uh, show, and mm -hmm. he deliberately chose not to have a conductor, and all of the players are facing directly to the audience. There's no semicircle arrangement. Their face, everyone's facing directly. It's a much more dramatic arrangement, which works for the kind of music that he does. But I just thought it was interesting because there was no stands and there was no conductor. So it's literally, all you could see was the musicians, their instruments, and their faces. There were no stands, so it was memorized. Oh, it was all memorized, the whole show. Wow. Oh, man, that's impressive. So, <laughs> now I'm not saying I would, like, want to do that or mimic that exactly, but it was just... It's what Hans does. He does a different spin on mm -hmm. something that's been done for many, 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 many years. And I thought, I just thought it was a nice touch. I mean, that's another, bring up the memorization thing. I haven't had to memorize a piece of music in years. And even though I write it, people, people ask me, it's like, well, you wrote it. Surely you've memorized it, right? I'm like, well, well, no, because I write it and then I'm done. It's filed away. Mm. Um, so this is the first time I had to memorize something. Um, for, for a very long time. So that was kind of a, uh, a unique experience again. Awesome. Um, so I guess I was, I was curious also, so this Ori is a sequel. Yes. And I was wondering if um, when you're approaching writing a sequel versus writing an original title, if you are hoping to, I don't know, have some sort of continuity in the score? Are you taking motives from the first score? Are you making something completely different? Well, in the, in the trailer we used... I would actually say that there's almost, even though it's a new piece of music, none of the themes are new. So the opening piano motif is taken from the Sacrifice track 31 on the soundtrack. Uh, then the second part of the trailer um, uses the theme from Ori Lost in the Storm, which is track one on the soundtrack. And then it closes with the actual main theme of the game which I didn't actually put on the soundtrack, but it's a free download. Uh, but it's, it's just it's using those three themes. So that was a good way to reintroduce it. But while I am, you know, while I, with a sequel, I would rely on the, the main theme for the game. Uh, I don't want to overuse it because it is a powerful main theme. And I think it's actually become so powerful now that I kind of need to choose my bullets wisely um, but that said I don't we're still so early in the development that I don't really know like when I'm going to be able to use it um, and it'll just be one of those things that will kind of fall into place it'll become clear as it goes through development but that said I think if I like completely scrap the original theme from the game I'm pretty sure that fans wouldn't be too thrilled mm, yeah. about that because it is so recognizable so um, there'll be there'll definitely be some new themes um, if you've seen the trailer uh, you, you'll have seen the owl at the end. Um, it's not rocket science to think that there would probably be a new theme for the owl's character, Fair. for example. Uh, but you know, there might. You know, there's two very large characters in the game. You saw a very large toad. You saw a large spider. Maybe they're related. Maybe they're not. Uh, maybe those new characters need themes as well. Or maybe they have nothing 
important to do in the game and we just put them in for show. Um, I can't say anything, <laughs> but like um, there, there will definitely be room for new themes, but it's definitely it's got to combine with the feel of the original, otherwise it's not going to feel like a continuous piece yeah. of work. Totally. So everybody's been talking about Ori, obviously, because it's a big reveal and everyone's really excited, but I know you're working on a lot of different projects and I was wondering if you had any you wanted to mention that are of note. Well, um, probably the, the most notable one recently, and I know Sound Architect just covered it a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, Sam was there. Um, we, I literally am in the process of delivering the final mixes for the ARC Survival Evolved soundtrack. Mm. Um, which we did 140 minutes of music with a 93-piece orchestra uh, at Abbey Road, Studio yeah. One. So that's been going on at the same time as Ori <laughs> 2. So it's been, a pretty, it's been a pretty busy last two or three months. Um, and there's uh, also in the background to all of that, I'm doing music for what is basically season two of The Unspoken, which is this VR title for Insomniac Games that I've been working on. And I've been doing more stuff in Minecraft. And it's all been happening the last three to four months. Oh, man. Uh, fortunately, it all kind of finishes in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to taking a break. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have not I've not really taken a day off since since GDC, actually. Wow. So um, I'm, I'm kind of running on fumes at the moment. But... Uh, the fumes ended up getting me to this week, so which was a nice place to finish. Yes. So I'm, I'm definitely not complaining. Good stuff. I guess I'm, I'm curious, um, certainly when you have so much work going on and deadlines to meet, do you have a kind of like a, a, a process that has, do you like to compose in the mornings? Do you compose with paper and pencil versus in a DAW? Do you go on walks when you're needing inspiration? It's so I'm good at composing in the morning, I'm good in the evening, and I live in California and I can't get anything done in the afternoon in California. It's just too nice, or it's too hot, or both. Um, so, yeah, mornings and evenings for me. Um, I tend not to compose for more than four hours a day, which a lot of people find shocking. But here's the thing composing, at least in the entertainment industry, it's not actually all creation it's production it's mixing it's choosing sounds it's finding blends of sound it's arranging so but the actual art of creation i never do for more than four hours a day even even when deadlines are really crazy uh just nothing good happens after you invested so much creative energy uh, so generally what i'll do i'll compose in little chunks and then do something else and then come back and compose a little bit more um, uh, the, I mean, the other thing I do, which has helped my focus for the last year, um, I, before last year I hadn't really done any exercise for like four to five years, um, and I've been now doing that three three times three times a week for an, for an hour each time. It's a really high intensity focus thing. Uh, any composer who says that they're too busy to get exercise is lying. Mm. No one's ever too busy to get exercise. And it's probably, if, if, if there's one thing I've learned over the last year, I wish I had done started this sooner, because I feel like because I'm physically fit, I'm also more mentally fit, which means I can work harder and longer, mm. which is how I got through, I think, this last three months. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's no real process to my day. I just kind of work on what I feel like working on, and I never force it, that's the thing. If I'm trying to force it, nothing, again, nothing good happens. So I just give up and I'm just like, well, it'll happen tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen the next day, then maybe I'll have to make a phone call and then 
the pressure will be applied, and then I'll prob I usually deliver under pressure. So, um, but I don't get uh, anxious anymore if it's not like happening when I need it to happen. Uh, sometimes you're just not feeling it. Yeah. And you're a singer, and there's some days okay. when I'm sure you feel like you are you are singing and you sound like the best singer in the world, and then you can it can sometimes it can even be two hours later and it's like what happened. Oh, absolutely. So very frustrating, but it's always good to just put things away. That's why recording singers can be very tricky as well because you can get them on the good day and then for whatever reason and it's just the way humans are it can you know it can it can be difficult to get them dialed in again um, mm -hmm. it's the same with an orchestra sometimes you know when you're on hour eight of the recording how do you get what they delivered on hour three a lot of it's very mental so um and i and i apply the same thought process to composition i think if you're physically and mentally right you can you can do can work for a lot longer at a higher level. Hmm. That's a good philosophy. I like having balance in life is very important. It can be tough when you're starting out though, because you <laughs> feel like you have to work really hard. You have to work harder than everyone else. Certainly. No, you have to work more efficiently than everyone else. That's, that's that. I think that's like probably the biggest mindset change that I've gotten into in the last last year. You don't necessarily have to work harder or more hours. You just have to be more intelligent with how you use your time in those hours. You know, it means switching off Facebook and Twitter and all of that <laughs> fun stuff, you know, yeah. which is very difficult. Um, it's just being more disciplined about doing that. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I guess just to end this, do you have any advice for any aspiring composers? Anything you want to leave your fans with? Other than the segment that I just yeah. gave? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess the advice I'll always give is make sure that like you're writing every day if you're a composer if you're not writing every day you're not getting better and it's okay to write a bad piece of music as long as you finish that bad piece of music or what you think might be bad because um, then you can evaluate it and look at it and think what could you do to have made it better um, but i think when you're starting out you have lots of ideas and you have this giant folder of ideas on your computer with idea one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and they never get finished. Mm. And I think it's way more important to like finish something than just start a new idea. Because um, you learn, every time you finish something, you learn something. All right, fair. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I hope you have a good rest of your V3. Get some rest. I will try and get some rest, <laughs> but that won't be happening today. Oh yeah, fair <laughs> enough, <laughs> It's the last day, so yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be the same for you, right? Yes, we'll see how it goes, thanks. Thank you.